I started from nothing Never knew where my next meal was coming But I transform my life, I stay one step ahead Mindset of disruption, I own the edge This is a drill cast, where I bring the wisdom you need Everyone is selling knowledge, I get mine away for free I'm as real as it gets, you either love or hate me Best believe I'm major league, Bill Hines, that's me This is the drill cast Hello everyone, on this episode of Thrillcast, I got a very, very good friend of mine. We go way back from our military days uh, when I was just an 18-year-old, actually 17-year-old private in the military, and I met this guy, uh, and I looked at him, I was like, well, I don't know what a soldier's supposed to be, but that's probably what it's supposed to be. Like, he was just getting back from Germany, and I saw him, and I was like, I'm new to this thing, because I basically signed up for the military when I was 17 in my junior year of high school and uh you know they sent me before even basic training to this uh um reserve unit so I get there not even had zero basic like I'm in a uniform didn't even know how to wear it, and I see this guy come in boot shine like looking the whole part of everything I'm like fuck this is like Captain America big guy muscular boy I went up to him and and that's the first time I met Joe Rizzullo yeah how you doing Joe What's up, Bill? You remember that day? I remember that day well. We didn't we that didn't get was... off on the right foot because I was more like um, what's that? What's that? Uh, it was a Tom and Jerry where the the bulldog and the little dog and the little dog jumps over the bulldog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna throw the ball. I'll throw the ball. I'll go fetch the ball. Yeah, like I, I was the little annoying dog. It was like Spike. Come on, Spike. Let's play Spike. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Get away from me, kid. You know, and that's what he would do. He'd be like, "Get away from me, kid!" You know. <laughs> but that uh, was nineteen eighty nine. Eighty nine, yeah. And then uh, Joey took me under his wing. Yeah, I think it was like March or April of eighty nine. Yeah, March did, is when I got off active duty. In yeah, Germany, so it, it would have been March of eighty nine. So it was yep. probably April or May. Yeah, and then uh, well, I did three months, so it, it would have probably been April. So I did April, May, and then in uh, June is when I went to basic training in 89 so right right yeah so yep. yeah it was it was funny he took me under the wing he's like this is how you wear a uniform this is how you shine your boots this is, you know yeah. w- w- don't get in trouble in basic so like you know they set me up for success and uh yeah that was that was a good time and then we we developed a uh a long long friendship along the way yeah and, you took uh, it from there and you ran with it man yeah, and then joey uh so when he got out of the military, he became a police officer. Yeah. And uh, what do we say? Somewhere in New York? Somewhere in – we don't need to say uh, that. Anyway, he became yeah. a police officer. He retired from that after fucking, what, 20-something years? 20 years, yeah. 20 years. What do you think as a cop was your biggest challenge? I mean, obviously, if you were a cop nowadays, there's fucking way more challenges than you had back then. But – yeah, well, I don't know. Like, uh, race relations weren't what they are today. That's for sure. Yeah. I retired 11 years ago. Yeah. I started in 1989, retired in 2009 in January. Yeah. So January would be 12 years for me already. But, uh, yeah, the race relations weren't what they are back yeah, everyone, then. Everyone, I mean, back then, know? I mean, it seemed like you yeah. got along and, you know, cops but, uh, were out there just killing people, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That. 
that crap didn't happen, man. You know, like at least in your area, yeah. No, it was unheard of. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. It's it's some crazy times. That's why I'm kind of glad that you aren't a police officer anymore because, like, people are judging cops now just because they're wearing that blue uniform and they don't really know. Like, man, if people like if you were wearing your uniform, which obviously you really didn't wear much because you were kind of undercover and did stuff like that, you know, you did top secret stuff, kind of like even when you were in the military, you did like stuff with MPI and stuff like that. But like they would judge you and you're like the coolest fucking dude ever. Like so laid back, chill, good father, you know, good husband. Like you're just a good dude. But yet if you were wearing a a blue uniform and a badge, they would just see, oh, look at this fucking asshole, you know, and just judging you just for that because – I said in a previous podcast, like literally the majority of the police and law enforcement are good people. It's that one percent that make up the bad people, right? Yeah, that's true, man. I mean, uh you know, I didn't see much of it on my job. Yeah. But there are guys that I'm sure at the end of the day are doing things they're not supposed to be doing. Yeah. And those people I say shame on you. Yeah. If you're not supposed to be doing it, don't do it. There's a reason for it. There's a reason you're wearing that uniform. Yeah. And you better behave yourself because there are consequences and you will face them. Eventually you'll get, yeah. Now, obviously you came from a a line of law enforcement. Like your father was a police officer, right? Yeah, he was a detective. uh, Yeah. He had 34 years on and, uh, you know, one day he, was home and uh, getting ready to go to Rockaway Beach with my mom. And uh, he just had a massive heart attack, passed away. He was still on the job 34 yeah, was, years. Yeah, I remember that. And, uh, man, did, did you know, the, the, the law enforcement community came out to support him. And I don't think yeah. anyone had one bad thing to say about your father. Like, Nah, man, he was a good guy, man. A fucking Very good really, guy. really good guy. Yeah. So, obviously, still a huge loss to your family. And, uh, like it's an awesome dude. And, uh, so obviously when you were in the mill, well, not obviously, but nobody else would know this, but when when you were a police officer, then you were still in the reserves, but then in different periods, you were called to active duty, um, for like example, the first time was, uh, when me and you got called to active duty Well, I was still actually an AIT at that time it was in 1990 and, Tell me, hey, your reserve unit got activated, and I'm like, shit. And we met up, and I don't even know where we met up first. Uh, was it? Oh, boom, be, Texas. Is that where the first? Uh, yeah, the first place we were at was Texas. We were there for four and a half months. Yeah. So we were literally, like, I'm in basic. I mean, well, I'm done with basic. I'm in my AIT, and they give it like, like the day I'm graduating, and just. Okay, you're going. So I go from Fort McClellan, Alabama. I don't even go home. Like, I don't even go to my house or anything. I go from there and I go right to Texas in a Holiday Inn Express, wasn't it? Or something? Yeah, yeah it was a Holiday Inn. Yeah. Oh, the Holiday Inn, not the Express. Yeah. And fucking literally, like, the Army put us, because there was no bases there. And we were basically getting all the equipment ready and guarding the equipment on all the ports that would uh, send all the uh, gear to fight a war with Iraq. Yeah, the Port yeah. of Houston. Port of Houston. But it was in Beaumont, Texas. Yeah. 
Yeah, Beaumont, Baytown. Yeah, that whole area. Yeah. Yep. I think if you're in the Holiday Inn in uh, Baytown, Texas, there's probably a plaque in the lobby designating our exploits. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I in hope that, not all. No, actually, in, in that, it's funny. Everyone knows that I don't drink ever, but the only time I actually took a sip of beer was at that Holiday Inn in Baytown, yes. Texas. That's the faithful uh, place where you had the yeah, sip we were of in, alcohol. Well, we were in Edward, you mentioned. We were in Specialist Edward Zelotti's room, right? Was that also your room? Like you and him room together? Uh, not there, no. Not we there, room no. together in Florida. Oh, did he have Ryan, Private Ryan, right? I think Ryan. so, yeah. Oh, I yeah. had uh, Lombardi. Lombardi. Oh, Lombardi, that's right. And I had Meehan. Yeah. And then I had Busco. Like Busco. <laughs> Yeah, so we go in there to have this, and literally, they these guys would drink anything. Like they would have like, they handed me a warm Coors Light. And I took a sip of it and I spit it out. I was like, "This is disgusting." Never drank again. So crazy, that was the right? first time I ever had grain alcohol. Oh, I remember that. That was like these like Texas like moonshine dudes came by, and when are they giving you the fucking the uh, ball jars of uh, yeah. Like moonshine. I'm like, yeah, yes. I'm not doing that. Remember they had that uh they had a gator fry out by the pool? Oh, with the the alligators, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well right behind the fences, gators would fucking come. Yeah. Yes. I would fuck with them. I'm like, guys, I think it's a crocodile. And like <laughs> half of them were believing me and they're like and one guy was pretty smart and he's like, Bill, uh, aren't crocodiles from like Australia? I'm like, yeah, but they don't fucking know that. That's yeah, right. People like, yeah, no, that's a croc. Like, how do you know? I'm like, oh, it's in the nose and they're bigger. I'm like, yeah. whatever. It was kind of You funny. remember where that hotel was? Like the backyard was a housing project? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. And then we would we take- were, uh, We were finding needles and all kinds of crap over there. Yeah, that was that was crazy shit. But then we all got like- split up our unit got split up so some went i mean shit we'd go all over the world we'd go to um savannah florida north carolina like yep. everywhere everywhere you know new jersey too jersey oh, bayonne west point whatever yep yep i think the military ocean terminal bayonne and then also west point were my two favorite because like west point they put me there and i'm like fucking guarding a parking lot at the uh for a football game <laughs> yeah right and then i'm like yep. fuck this i'm not standing in this parking lot i left the parking lot i'm like listen if you got a driver's license you can figure out how to fucking park your own car so i went into the stadium sat down in a seat got a hot dog like i was in uniform you got free food so i had a root beer and i started i watched the army just get annihilated by i don't even know who they did but like they got annihilated, but I didn't give a fuck. And I think I went, it was like Marshall State or something. Yeah, it was like some weird college, but yeah. they got destroyed. I know. It's like, and like, I was like, why do I got to be in the parking lot? Because you're fucking E three. Get out of here. <laughs> Just fucking sat down. I was like, all right, well, whatever. And then, uh, yeah, Bayonne was really good. That's where they had at one point. Didn't they have the National Archives there or something? Bayonne. Yeah, Bayonne. I don't remember that. Do you remember what happened in uh, Baytown? Are you going to talk about that with Busco? Oh, fuck, man. So we we had a, a sergeant, and his name was Asmuth. Okay? Now, in the military, when you're navigating with a compass, 
it's called shooting an azimuth. So you would take the compass and you'd line it up with a point and and you would shoot your azimuth and then you have a back azimuth. So it's kind of like when you're, you know, this is before the days of phones and GPS <laughs> and you could find everything on your phone. Yeah, isn't there just an now. app for that? Yeah, yeah, now there's an app. Yeah, now, now it's an app. Well, anyway, this Sergeant Azimuth was driving into this port where we had set up and then we had a guard shack and a... And you had to stop to get authenticated to come in. Well, anyway, he was an MP as well. So Sergeant Azimuth is driving in to the base, if you will. And literally, this guy, Busco, what was his first name? James. James Busco. What a fucking nut job. <laughs> Takes a rifle, right? So, like, we're the MP. My rifle. Well, I didn't want to throw you under the bus. <laughs> it was Joey's rifle. So anyway, it was Joey's M sixteen, A two, right? Anyway, the uh, A one. It was an A one. Yeah. Like, See, I had an A two at that point. Some guys had the M two forty. I was like, "Give me that thing, man! Let's make some noise." So, um, anyway, this is a crazy story. So he, everyone's like, "Your other think about it like you're in a police station with all other cops with guns around." So, like, in a, in the Army, you just put your weapon down on the side and you fall asleep. And, you know, it was our rest area, so we were allowed to do that. But it was just us, all cops, right? I think I'm on, like, the far side. Oh, no, hold on here. No, I got pulled in to get disciplined because I yelled at somebody that I shouldn't have. So it started very early for me. I was in trouble. But I was in this, like, this meeting like, basically, why did you mess with Sergeant Harper? I'm like, because she's not an MP. She doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. She's going to get us all in trouble. Like, that was the gist of it. Like, there was a sergeant that gave me an order, and I said, no offense, Sergeant Harper, but you, you know, no offense, but you, you, you're not an MP, and you're crazy. Uh-oh. You hear the boss? Yeah. They're interrupting the podcast. This was make the podcast authentic. But anyway, so Busco comes in grabs Joey's rifle, points it out the window, and literally loads it and fires it. Like, he didn't know it was... Well, he loaded it, but I don't know what happened. Fires it. I This guy, Scotto, runs in and goes, oh, my God, Busco shot an azimuth. <laughs> you get it? Like, shooting right. an azimuth? Because that was the guy's name, and we're like, "What? what's he doing with a compass? No, he actually shot Sergeant Azimuth is what he meant. So we thought yeah. it was like a joke, like he was playing with a fucking compass. Yeah. Like, what What are you talking about? He shoots this guy through through a window of the trailer that was the break room, so to speak, through the pickup truck's windshield, and it hits the guy. Because we're on a port where they're loading tanks and shit and ammo, didn't he hit him in the hard hat, Joe? Yeah, he hit him through the hard hat, skinned the top of his head. And then bounced around in the truck and got in his arm. Oh, it did go in his arm. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that part. Yeah. He got wow, shot crazy. in the arm. I rode with him in the ambulance to the hospital. Oh, did you really? Wow. Yeah. So could have literally, it was like probably inches from shooting him in the head and killing him. But yeah. uh, but luckily he did that because I didn't get in. Because once that happened, like I was no longer in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, sorry, Heinz. You know? And actually, I wound up getting promoted. Like, couple days later from that so they kind of <laughs> yeah. ripped that up. yeah i was like oh this is great 
They tried to get me in trouble, man. Remember? They uh, oh yeah, yeah. Because tried to your... get me for leaving my M sixteen unsecured. Yeah. Which in there, everyone was unsecured. Like that's because you're around other. We're in a locked building with other, so to so MPs, cops, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. But this 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 dude was nuts. He was just picking up. Thank, thank God for Juan Cohen. Remember him? Juan he, uh, Cohen. Yeah. Came in and testified at Busco's court martial. Oh yeah, Busco got court martial. He picked up the gun, locked and loaded it. Locked and, and loaded said, it. Die, motherfucker! And fired around through the window. Yeah, he did. He absolutely said that. So Cohen was another guy. Cohen would have these big fucking. He had this big dandruff in his hair, like big yeah. dandruff. So Joey, Joey's funny guy. Joey came out and goes, "Hey, look, they're Cohen flakes." <laughs> <That's right. laughs> that Cohen was flakes. funny. Oh man, we were getting see that. Fuck it, literally, they were big, big, like chunks of dandruff. Yeah. So anyway, gross. Yeah, it was fucking <laughs> disgusting. But that, when he did that, we were like dying laughing. Look, look, it's yeah. Cohen flakes. <laughs> uh, that was a crazy time. I remember. Yeah. Do you remember there when I killed the snake? There was like a, I forget what it was, and then I wrapped a rope on it, and then yeah. I tied it to my belt loop, and I was just walking around with a headless <laughs> snake. You're a nut, man. You were yeah. a nut. Yeah. And I was just walking around like, look, I got my friend here. Yeah. Something the past times, you know? But I mean, Looking- it was a it was a dangerous snake. It needed to be like, we called like animal control. Like, what do you want us to do? Like, kill it. And I'm like, fuck, how do we kill this thing? Yeah. So I'm like, you know, figure out how to kill I'll it. I'll tell you. Look, looking back on all this stuff that we went through and all that, it it was hell back then. I mean, we didn't. I we, tried. We had, we had to make fun. Yeah. But all in all, looking back on it, you know, it was a serious situation we had there. A very serious situation, and I would try to tell in another podcast, like especially in the beginning, like they remember when they would put us on, on the ports, and one MP every fuck on a port. The ports would go for miles, like. It'd be yeah. like I remember being near this crane, and then like, like I couldn't see the next MP down at the other end. Again, we were guarding like M1 tanks that had depleted uranium and missiles, and you know anything and everything. Brad, Bradley fighting vehicles. Yeah, all this shit. So I'm like, look, I'm like looking at the the crane. I'm just like, fuck it. I'm climbing the crane. Like literally, I'm like. You ever see like a shipping crane and I'm just climbing to the top of the crane, coming back down for fun and and then like we did bring it up in the other one that what was that guy's name who used to mix the O'Burn. O'Burn, yeah. We called He's, him Homer, Homer Simpson, Ho- remember? Oh yeah, he looked like Homer Simpson, big fat mess. Oh don't yeah, and he would mix our Gatorade with his fucking hands that all his nails were chewed up. And, oh, yeah, you told this one before. And he's just stirring yeah. it, and we're like, we're not fuck. So it's like, like it was a very traumatic experience. Like They would leave us out there 12 to 18 hours in the fucking sun in Texas or North Carolina or anywhere like, and just leave us there, like almost like to die almost. And then so it's like when you got people saying like, Joe, you talked to that one guy and, you know, you know, said nice things about me. Thank you. But – um Obviously, he didn't print that or report that stuff. He just was like, yeah, whatever. So they want to call someone a deserter or this or that and the other thing. But until you stood the post, until you're in a situation of combat or other stressful situations, because let's face it, what I went through in Panama, what I went through even in fucking North Carolina, that's combat. It's domestic. Yeah. Well, 
Panama's not domestic. Remember? <laughs> yeah. Like like but in North Carolina, like I don't know, it's like your everyday thing. I'm on a train. We're going from North Car- from Military Ocean Terminal Sunny Point, right? Yep. To Leland Exchange. There was Leland, North Carolina. I'm on a fucking train pulling shit. And all of a sudden the train starts taking fucking gunfire. It's like what the fuck? So me in that situation, I run toward the, that. So I'm like, all right, let's go. We had a bag phone. Remember, Joe? You had the bag phone. Yeah. Yep. And uh, <laughs> this guy, Private Ward, was with me, and I go, "Hey, call it in." He's like, "The bag phone's in the caboose. Where's the fucking caboose?" These trains were like a mile long. We had to sprint back while we're taking fire. We call it in, and uh, actually, in that one, you and like four or five other guys come in a helicopter, right? Yep. Yeah, what, what, yeah, we were like a quick reaction force. Quick, yeah. So we would take turns. Like some people would be on there. If I was back, I'd be on there waiting for a quick reaction. But it happened to be me and this guy Ward's day to take the fucking train ride uh, to guard the people, the engineers of the train, and then the contents of the train, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I don't know. We were like, what, 50, 60 miles away from you guys? Yeah, at least. And you came with a helicopter. Right, and then wasn't there like the chief of police, and he had the fucking long like trench coat. Yeah, dude, this guy was Some like weirdos showed up, a bunch of weirdos, cowboy fucking dude, and he would like let's go get him, and uh, <laughs> so fucking funny. But anyway, like yeah, we're like taking fire, we're returning fire, and then in Panama, same thing. Like I'm out in the middle of fucking nowhere with this Panamanian national police, the PNP, right? Yeah. Not to be confused with the PDF, the Panamanian Defense Force, which was the under the Noriega regime. And I get, I always say, remember Dan and the one I go, we got surrounded by native Panamanians, mm-hmm. like Indians. And I was like, what'd they be called? And Dan's like, Panamanians. Yeah. <laughs> but literally, they had like the Indian headdresses on and shit. They had bow and arrows. They had, and they yeah. wanted the guy next to me who, uh, you remember the, the, the one fat guy? He's in that one video. Yeah, he wore like private rank or something on his collar. Yeah, but they they didn't even know. I mean, he was and he was like spinning his fucking weapon, like he was yep, like yep. a cow. I'm like, yo, guys, I'm fucking scared. Like either like he's spinning his weapon. I actually called in to like, can I shoot him because he's spinning his weapon in a dangerous manner, and I think he's gonna kill me. You said this is someone from the Panamanian Panamanian defense, the Panamanian National Police. National Police, okay. He was fucking nuts, and he was getting hammered. Like he was drinking on the job. They don't give a fuck. And I'm like, yeah, while handling, and he's spinning his gun while it's loaded. And I'm like, like he's right. Like I'm standing in front of him, he's spinning, and I'm like, I'm gonna get shot by this Mm -hmm. guy. And I'm like, literally, I'm calling it in. Like, hey, permission to fire, and they're fucking dying laughing. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, they're like, no, you can't. And then we're like surrounded by these probably 350 Panamanians. And I'm calling it in. I'm like, I need air support. Right, Joe? It was like, Joey's back. Yeah. Joey's back in the, the what was that, the talk or whatever the fuck they called it. The talk. Yeah. And he's like, well, yeah, we need to go help Hines. Like, he's been in situations like this before. Like, <laughs> what did you, what were you guys thinking when I first called it in? Like, I'm surrounded by Indians. <laughs> I don't know, man. There was just nothing that, you could say to surprise us, believe me. Yeah, because I was a joker too. So sometimes they would think like, huh. "All right, <laughs> that, that must be a weird thing to be in the military of." 
Of nobody could tell when I'm serious, but when I'm serious, I need them to know that I am serious. Yeah, it's a little bit of a boy who cried wolf situation there. No, well, well, because <laughs> literally, no, literally, like the day before, literally, like the day before, I was like, "Hey, can I shoot this guy? He's twirling a gun. <laughs> I need to shoot him like now, right?" Yeah. And then, like the the local Panamanians, we would be driving our Humvees, and they would stop us, and they were like, "Hey, you were speeding." Like and they would want like money. <laughs> they would, remember that they would try to shake us down for money. They, they just like yeah. want money on the spot. It wasn't like I think you were driving that day, right? Probably. Yeah. Remember, Joey? He takes out a coin, throws it up in the air, and it drops. And he goes, "Oh, how fast was that coin going?" They're like, "I don't know." And they're like, "You don't fucking know how fast I was speeding." And then he, just, <laughs> and he takes off on her. Yep. <laughs> so it was either you or that. Tell him about Mariano Rivera. Oh, you want you tell that story? Oh, you tell it, man. It's your story. Well, no, what do you mean? You were driving the Humvee, or was I driving? Right. I remember who was driving. We uh, we talked the Panamanian police into taking us by Mariano Rivera's house. In, we got uh, pictures of that. Charrera, Panama. La Charrera. And, uh, yeah. We got there. You remember Bill? The uh, they had just won the World Series. Yeah, they right. just won the 96. 97 World, 96 World 96. Series. The Cleveland, no, somebody else won. And uh, Marlins. His wife was there. His and wife one was. Of his, one of his children or his nephew was it? No, it was his nephew, the one that actually died in the pool accident. Yeah, yeah, was electrocuted, right? Yeah, electrocuted, yeah. So literally Brown he goes, we didn't, we didn't know how to speak Spanish. Joey kind of did, but all he says is, blah, 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 Casa Mariano Rivera. I think I was driving and I was like, so and when a Humvee stops and screeches, it makes the loudest fucking noise. We literally pull a Humvee into his driveway. It was yeah. on a hill, and he had like a he had a, a red Ford Explorer. Remember that? Right. In his driveway. Yep. And we go in, and we're like kings. We're like grabbing the kids, hanging out. I'm, I'll send you. We'll try to post the video on the YouTube video, uh, the photos on the YouTube video. But um, yeah, that was a good time, and we got to sit yeah. in his chair and. Too bad he wasn't she, there, though. No, he was. Yeah, she said in Miami or uh, Tampa. He was back in Tampa yeah. at that time. Yeah. And then we tried. Uh, remember, we went to a Yankee game afterwards. Like, uh, oh yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. a year a year later, and we brought pictures of his yeah. house and stuff like that. We were trying yeah, to meet never, him. Yeah, he never came out. Yeah. Back yeah. then, that was funny. But yeah, because somehow the we knew I, I, somehow I, we met the head of security or something. Right. You knew the guy from the gym. The gym, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that? He's like, Oh, okay, I'll yep. meet him, but whatever. I guess I think they lost that game and everyone was pissed and like I think he gave up a single to lose the game. So he was like he not did. wanting He yeah. did, and he wasn't in a good one mood. of the like one of the rare times he blew a save and he's like, Yeah, I'm not fucking meeting anyone. <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry guys. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yep. Yep. So talk about your time. You know, and I want you to talk yeah. about in, in Iraq. About Iraq? Yeah, I want you to talk about that. Like, like is that what again, you said about Iraq? Yeah, because I, I want people to know, like, how hard it is on soldiers and that, you know, like, don't ever put yourself in a soldier's shoes unless you walk them because it's, uh, you know, everyone has their own personal stories. And, like, again, hey, 10, 15, 20 years ago, people really didn't understand mental health and they didn't understand how it really affects you. And back then, even the doctors, like I told the story about when I was at Fort Campbell and I don't know what they gave me. And for someone that's not used to even taking Tylenol or Advil, like I, I said, 
two, three Advil and two Tylenol fuck me up. I, I, I remember when I took it, I'm like, is this yeah. what Coke is like? And they're like, no, Bill. I'm like, well, LSD? Like, I'm really tripping out here. Like, no, Bill. It's not like that. And, like, to me, that's like a heavy drug, you know? Like, I won't – I don't think I've ever taken type of Percocet or anything like that or – Sorry, what are you saying is a heavy drug then? Just the, like, painkillers you mean? Or? Three Advils and two Tylenols at once. Okay. <laughs> like, it fucked me up. So whatever he gave me, whatever he gave me caused me to, like, just, all right. So it's a, that's a mental health issue. Like, you just don't know how to react to that situation. But, I mean, us soldiers, we go through some really trying times, so – like I want yeah. Joey to tell, because Joey, Joey, you know, he he had some pretty interesting things that happened in Iraq. Yeah, I mean, uh, when I first got there it was April two thousand three. It was yeah. you know right after the beginning of the war, and my first job there was to guard some Iraqi prisoners that were shot, uh, and some children that had gotten caught in the crossfire, and this was yeah. inside of a. Like a you know a field hospital in Kuwait, and uh, it was pretty messed up. I mean, this one kid had to be about four years old, had like from the top of her head all the way back and down the back of the spine. It looked like a zipper. There were so many staples. Yeah, holding this kid together in a crossfire. And, uh, you know, after that, we went into Iraq. I think it was May 1st or 2nd of 2003, getting shot at the hallway. Okay. Didn't know yeah. where anything was coming from and not able to return like, fire because from of every of fucking direction. Yeah. From every direction. You're just sitting target. Yeah. So we get into Iraq and, uh, Almost about an hour into the trip, we get a flat tire. So there's no place to stop. We didn't have a spare. You didn't have that fix a slime? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. But you didn't we're have flats. You it didn't took have us like... 17 hours to get from Kuwait to where we yeah. had to go to Iraq. And uh, the whole yeah. time we're riding in the back of the Humvee like this. Boom. Boom. Because of the flat. Yeah. You know? So get up to where we're at and uh it was a town called Alhilla oh, which was uh the ancient city of Babylon from yep. the Bible and uh Saddam had built one of his palaces on the original site of the Tower of Babel yep. from the Bible we had to go there and meet up with first marine expeditionary force commander yep. general Mattis Matt oh yeah I remember yeah yeah and uh well, not me, because I was just dog. a staff sergeant, but we yeah. brought our colonel up there and our sergeant major, mm -hmm. and they both went to meet with the Marine commanders. Commander. So they left me and Sergeant Mark Roma outside, yep. and we were sitting there, and it's pitch black out, and these guys come by, and we could see, you know, just from the glare of the moon and the stars and stuff like that, that they're carrying these two solid gold AK-47s from the palace taking them out of there. So they yeah. must have been Saddam's. Crazy. Yeah. So they got a whole bunch of stuff out of there, like all solid gold masks, 
and busts and stuff like that. And uh, anyway, I don't know what the hell the meeting was about with the Marines because I wasn't privy to it. But we left there and went down to uh, back to Kuwait. We spent three days there. We went, but every night there, there was a firefight going on across the Euphrates River because this this yeah. palace was right on the Euphrates. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it would put you to sleep at night. You hear bop, 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 and then. It always ended with a baboon. So yeah, that's the one that that's them going back and forth, and then somebody f- triangulating their location, and that, that's when you drop the mother load. And it's like, okay, guys, go to bed. We just fucking not, we just fucked those fifty people up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then the next night, you know, like cockroaches, Same. they come out of the woodwork and yeah, start fucking shooting at you again. Yep. Yeah. Crazy shit. Yeah, um, that's that's one story. Yeah. <laughs> well, what about the one where the bomb went off when everyone oh, fucked man. up? I was uh, I was in charge of a prison, and the town was called Ad Diwania, and uh, it was in like middle to southern Iraq, uh, below Baghdad, about forty five minutes from Baghdad, right. and. Uh, since I was in charge of the prison, I was doing a prisoner count in the morning. And I had all the prisoners out of the cells and inside a center courtyard, which was, you know, locked in by our guards. And I had no weapon. And I'm making the head count. Did Busco take another, that one too? I had another MP in there okay. with me. And all of a sudden, there was a tremendous explosion outside the, uh, the front gate of the, the prison. The front gate, yeah. You got something to say, Bill? No, no. I was going to say, did, did you didn't have a weapon. Did Busco take that one, too? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no. No, you couldn't have a weapon inside the prison. In the know? prison, We, yeah, had, we left them outside with our, uh, our NCOs out there. Yeah. So, anyway, tremendous explosion outside the prison. I said, what the fuck just happened? Excuse my language, but I had no idea what was going on. And uh, they yelled from the front. That we just got hit with an RPG yep. on the front gate. So, uh, you know, we had to deal with that kind of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. It sucks, right? Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Yep. So, and then so we had was... another. We had another guy that got killed. Got killed. He yeah. was uh, shot in the neck in an ambush that yeah. was set up by the uh, Iraqi police. Yeah, they were dirty. They would. They would set you up for. They would take pay. They would take pay back or pay to or money to set military soldiers up. I say at this point we're supposed to be working technically working with the Iraqi police. Yeah, like that was yeah supposed to be yeah. But they this guy this was the city of Najaf, and uh, the mayor there was corrupt. He was he was corrupt. So he was taking money from the insurgents. And what happened was they had set the military police up who was a, they were a sister company of ours. They were part of our battalion. The one, I think with the 755th MP company from Puerto Rico. Yeah, Puerto Rico. They uh, went to meet the Iraqi police and the Iraqi police told them, okay, we have to take you out to uh, this farm 
to take a stolen car report or something like that. It was something stupid. Something stupid. So, yeah. Yeah. So they get in a in a convoy and they go out there and you know we had we didn't have Humvees, but our sister units did. The the Puerto Rican MP unit had had Humvees. <clears throat> so they had the saw automatic weapon on top of the saw, yeah. The uh, the Humvees, the Humvee, yeah. and they're driving down this road into a farm, you know, through the desert. And all of a sudden, the Iraqi police in front of them stop. So they're like, "What the hell's going on?" Next thing you know, they got opened up on both sides by, by AK forty sevens and PKMs and stuff like that. And one of the gunners in the turret got shot in the neck. Killed. Yeah, usually they're the first to go. The ones in the turret and stuff like that. Yeah, they take them out. So he was our he was our first loss. Yeah, it's like you're driving into the gauntlet almost. Like it was a total setup. Yeah, Steve. Steve had a question. Oh well, I thought we were um, kind of. I thought that was the last military story. I want to know what it was kind of like going from military to. Um, being a police officer because you don't want to hear about Panama. I mean, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Me and Joey got some really good stories about everywhere, but that could be another one. But, when I mean, when we, he comes, we, when, we, when you cut, actually, we do. I, I do want you to come back in person and hang out here and just that that we we'll, could we'll get into some really cool stories later on. Okay. Obviously, with the co-host here and stuff, because I'm sure they would want to ask you questions as well. But anyway, so say again, Stephen. What do you want to know? Yeah, just kind of uh, what it was like going from military life and being over in Iraq to when you were, I'm assuming when you were done with that, you came back to the States and then you became a police officer. I'm, I'm sure there were like a lots, lots of similarities between the two, but also like some pretty drastic differences as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was already a police officer. I became a police officer in 1989 when I got off active duty from Germany. Oh, okay. And yeah, I stayed in the reserve and every time I got activated, you know, they would, counted as active duty active so duty. you know there's several periods of active duty that i worked at the same time as being a police officer okay yeah so well when i came back from iraq said to myself what the hell am i doing and i went to a doctor and they told me i had ptsd and i, I had heard of it before but I, I had never you know experienced anything to do with ptsd i, I thought the guy was kidding around with me you know like just saying I had PTSD to put me on medication. Yeah. So, you know, I've been on medication since 2004, and that's when I got out of the Army. But PTSD is no joke. I had a, a panic attack about a year and a half ago, and I never want to go through that again. I, I didn't know what to do. I thought I was going to die. And well, that's what happened to me at Fort Campbell. Like, I, that's what the real at the time you don't know what's going on and you're like what right. the fuck's happening to me and it was almost self-preservation so like people can comment on that and say whatever but it's kind of funny joe when you said that when i was saying earlier mental health it's a real issue like you really have to like your brain's no different than if you tear your acl like there's a problem you fix it address it same thing with the brain like you can deal with a situation where you had that PTSD and that trauma and it has to be treated. If it's not treated correctly, you know, then the underlying issue, it's going to be a problem down the road. With the the medication they put me on, it kind of started to make me do things that I wouldn't normally do, like uh, get a little braver than I should be and do things I shouldn't do. Like it made me basically not care about 
uh, consequences of anything that I did. Yeah. Basically. And it got scary, you know, and, and, uh, when I came back from Iraq, I had to tell the police department that I had PTSD and what kind of medication I was on. And they didn't change anything about my schedule or nothing like that. As a matter okay. of fact, they, they put me in narcotics yeah. and, uh, had me work narcotics because I was working homicides as a, you know, suit and tie detective when I came yeah. back and, uh, they put me in narcotics and I worked there till I retired. But well, you, you did know. that also in probably they put you in narcotics because when you were in Germany, you worked MPI and you were in kind of narcotics anyway, right? Yeah, I worked of, narcotics I, almost my whole career with the police department, except uh, for I had about six months wearing a uniform doing yeah. regular patrol, yeah. and then I had five years uh, suit and tie detective. Uh, yeah doing homicides and stuff like that and then back to narcotics yeah i did that in uh, fort campbell it was fun yeah i, I remember i would always text you like oh i did this and you're like oh yeah and, oh i was like yeah and they gave me the contingency money and you know, <laughs> yep. this 015 funds yeah oh one that's what it was oh and five i got oh and five funds and they told me to go to strip club <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> they were like what that was i know uh, it was the pink lady in Fort Campbell, Kentucky, man. They, they literally, the government would give us money. I'd have to go in there and like pretend to be buying drugs. And they, and you know me, I never did. I'm like, what the fuck? I had to really yep. act on that one because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing on that stuff. Yeah. So I didn't know what the hell I was doing in Germany either. But they, for some reason, they heard I was from New York by the yeah. city, you know, and, and they yeah. said, all right, well, you're going to buy drugs for us. And, uh, you're going to do good at it. So that's what I did for three years yeah. in Germany. Yeah, it was, uh, that's what I did in Fort Campbell. And I would like, man, have some really cool busts and yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was good. So with those war stories, but yeah, so uh, a lot of steak dinners and strip clubs on, uh, the, what is it? The five Oh, Oh one five funds. Oh one five funds. <laughs> Doesn't sound like a terrible gig. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was yeah. fun. It was fun. And I was like, you know, I don't want to be here right now. But the yep. one, and then, and then, like, obviously, when you solve the case, then like the one stripper was like, "I can't believe you played me." I'm like, "Sorry, I was just doing my job." Bye. And then, like, yeah, you do make a lot of friends buying drugs, but it's it's you know, it's all business. It's all business. And then, and but but it's funny, like. <laughs> I'm at like gate four, Fort Campbell, and I'm like giving a private a break, and they're, I'm like waving cars in. <laughs> it's like and the fucking stripper pulls up, and oh she's like, God. "That's how I got found out." Yeah. Like, because I was undercover. Like, and then like weeks later, she's like, "Wait a minute, you're an <laughs> MP." I'm like, uh, uh, "I just became an MP." Yeah, yeah I was like, "Oh, they just transfer." I'm undercover as not an MP. I was like. Yeah, like, I'm playing both sides. Yeah, I got, <laughs> she was like, yeah. she literally wanted to get out of the car and like beat my ass, and I was like, okay, I gotta go. Like, <laughs> the private came back. I'm like, I'm like running code to get away from her. <laughs> like, <laughs> anyway, but um, the uh, what was I gonna talk to you about? Um, oh, anyway, yeah, so. It's kind of funny that that one newspaper reporter got this like expert lawyer to say, like after the military, he's like, 
Well, the VA doesn't handle characterizations after a, 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 a soldier's out, which is, as you know and I do, once you're out of the military, the VA is the authority on all military issues. So if right. you if you need to change your classification or you like the VA through the VA liaison handles everything going forward. Isn't that a fact? Yep, you go go through a veteran service officer, officer, and they have them at every VA hospital, and they do wonders, man. They they uh they really they can dig in and get back in your records and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, they they right wrongs and yeah. you know dot the i's and cross the t's. Yeah, because like again. Let's just say it's even a soldier that served in the Vietnam era, and they're like, hey, this guy did this, and they really peel back the onion and say, oh, shit, like he was exposed to Agent Orange, or he was exposed to uh, bomb trauma, or he got shot at, or he got hit, or he had, uh, you know, uh, let's think of all these Marines and even, heck, MPs that went to Fort McClellan, the water there, like drinking yeah. that stuff. Like I know my gallbladder had to come out, my appendix had to come out. You know, and, uh, you know, they do when they when when the VA gets it and they go through all of your health care records like they did with you, like you're actually what percentage of disability are you? A hundred. A hundred. Yeah. Oh, shit. OK. Yeah. Well, you're definitely more than me. So uh, I, I'm a, <laughs> obviously I'm a I'm also considered disabled vet honorably discharged, as are you. And uh, despite what newspapers want to write. And uh, if I wasn't, I wouldn't have my, like, they don't give dishonorable people or deserters ID cards for health care benefits for the VA, right? That's right. So, yeah. You wouldn't get that. So, nope. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's just crazy. So what do you do now to, like, obviously you have a wonderful <laughs> wife who supports you and what a great lady and i know you're very close to your whole family and like you know both of your families and uh so what do you do to enjoy life now that you've you know retired from being a police officer you know retired from being in the military and uh like what what does what does a, a combat you know uh veteran decorated veteran like yourself you know highly respected police officer do with his time now yeah. Nothing, man. I do nothing. Nah, really? I'm kidding around. He's I kidding. got. He's kidding. We have ten chickens. And I call yeah. them my therapy animals because without them, life would be tough. I tell you. They uh. So they they're give not us for nice food. Eggs. Huh? Oh, they're for, they're for eggs. Yeah, we get yeah. we get like nine eggs a day, man. Really? What if you yeah. don't eat them? Do they go bad? I don't know. If you don't eat the eggs? Yeah. Like how long? What's the shelf life of a fucking hatched egg? Well, if you don't wash them when you pick them up, like from the coop, yeah. if you don't wash them, they last like uh, two to three weeks. Really? Yeah. What but if once you wash, you wash them? them, you got to refrigerate them. And once okay. you refrigerate them, you know, you can get a week out of them, a week to 10 days or so. So the eggs we buy in a grocery store, how long are they? Like when were they hatched? I have no idea. I don't know. Oh, research that for the next podcast. Well, uh, yeah, I'll research it. Our egg you. expert. <laughs> yeah. Are you? Uh, I, I'm actually. I'm, I've always been interested in beekeeping. I just want to try it. You know. I'm not. I don't really want to fucking get stung, but you know, I'm interested in the the honey aspect and the beekeeping stuff. But I never did it. 
So yeah, somebody somebody actually contacted me on Facebook yesterday. Joe says, "Hey, I see on your Facebook pro- profile you're into beekeeping. Can I ask you about that?" I'm like, "No, it was actually a joke." But I, <laughs> but but also it says freestyle rap and kite flying. So I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny." So um, but other than that, I mean, I know you like you know Harley's. You like motorcycles, right? Yeah, I got a 2012 uh, Super Glide Custom. It's all blacked out, kind of. It's got black pipes on it. It's nice, loud. Loud, nice. You're, you're yeah, into tattoos. I got a quad. I got a uh, Kawasaki Brute Force 750. You know, that's loud. Uh, so you like things loud. You like your music. I remember Joey took me to my first ever rock concert in Jacksonville, oh, yeah. Florida. Queensryche. Queensryche, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like, again, I, guys, I told you, like, I never really was into music. So yeah. when people, like, we, we growing up poor, you don't, like, buy CDs and stuff. So like, Joey, somehow, I don't know who got him, you or Riccardi. And then there was a mosh pit. I remember that. And yeah, was, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. We were like, so it's like you put, like, I don't know, there were, like, six or eight of us that went to this Queensryche concert, and there was a mosh pit, and, like, we destroyed everybody in this mosh pit <laughs> like yeah. d- d- this guy ricardi he was also what was he was mess west milford new jersey police officer then he retired he yep. would, he would go in the mosh pit and we were just looking and he was like flying elbows like he was like elbowing people like yeah just just careful just with that wreck it yeah but the people he did that with were like get up and high five him okay yeah it's fucking insane like yeah. thank you for beating my ass i'm like okay i'm gonna stay away from the, this the, the mosh pit is a, is a uh the wild west of uh of concerts, anything could happen. Yeah, yeah but you wouldn't think a Queens like, concert would have a mosh pit, but it did. There's like a lot of um, just like unwritten rules and like courtesies. You yeah, do you, too. you pick like someone, someone up falls, if you knock you them down. Pick them up, yeah. If somebody loses a shoe, you just hold it up in the middle of the crowd, like, "Yeah, hey, I got a shoe here." We didn't know this. Was, <laughs> this was, put it this way: this was many of our first concerts. Yeah, like, Joey, it wasn't Joey's, th- but th- there's for not us, a rule list at the door that you read. I mean, I've you. seen people get laid out for not like knocking someone over and not laying them back up. Yeah. Other people would just yeah, jump but you right gotta in understand: you took soldiers and you put them in this yeah. thing, and and, <laughs> and it's violence. So we're like, "All right, yeah, this, we we know how to break things and kill people." So fuck it, let's go. <laughs> like we're really we're we're just it's fucking hilarious. I, a lot of good things, and then uh, yeah, I remember one what, time. I, what were we doing? What were we doing down in Jacksonville? I'm sorry to interrupt, but you made me chase you one time. The chase? Oh, <laughs> I probably just pissed you off, and then and then so <laughs> Joey was a bigger guy, and I was small, and I was fast. Like, I was probably the fastest guy in the unit, but then what happened was, I don't know, I pissed Joey off at this one place, right, and uh, in Jacksonville at the Admiral Bembo Inn, right off 95. Yeah. So they yep. just put us in these hotels. Joey chases me and catches me, and literally, he's scream- as he's running, he's screaming, he's like, don't run from 106, because <laughs> that was his badge. At his yeah. police department. And he's fucking like running. He caught me, tackled my ass. He didn't beat me up though. But then there was this remember that one guy tried to fuck with me. He like spit in my face or something like that. Yeah, who was that? Espinosa Sousa. Like remember he had like oh, ten ten names. Alvaro Espinosa or something like that. Sosa yeah, he had like ten fucking names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That way we had a fight. That was bad. I was like he was a mechanic trying to fight it. I'm like, I'm an MP. You yeah, out, and then he spit in my face. I'm like, "All right, <laughs> now you're getting fucked up." 
But I didn't. We didn't arrest him. <laughs> nah. He took took his medicine and he's like, "You got me." It's like that was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But then it, after that, it Joey a lot was, of fun. Joe, yeah, Joey was proud. He's like, "That's my boy." <laughs> like he's like, <laughs> I, "I taught him." I could see that. I remember it was him and this guy Meehan, John Meehan was a he was a specialist at the time. And John goes, because he goes, "Are you gonna let him spit on you?" I'm like, "What am I gonna do?" He's like, you go back there and beat his ass. Like he's like, you don't. He's like, you gotta represent us. He's like, you can't let someone spit on you. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was like, do it again. And he did it again. And I was like, shit. <laughs> I was like, what? How about fuck? North Carolina when we had to fight? What's his name? Keeler. I fought Keeler in the kitchen, and uh, and you fought Gold. Oh yeah, we had another fight. We were at this house, right? And this big dude, like man. I was so I was probably 145, 150. I was light and fast. And this guy, Sergeant Gold, was how was he? Like fucking 300 pounds? Big Close, yeah. Man, he started with me too, and we were brawling. Like, I just destroyed him. Like, everyone's laughing. And then it was opposite. Joey was a bigger guy. And this other guy, Keeler, I mean, Keeler wasn't as small as me, but Keeler, you know, decent size. But obviously, Joey was bigger because Joey was like muscular, worked out a lot. And they had a fight, and uh, so me and Joey beat Golden Keeler, right? Yeah, yeah. But nobody got arrested there either. Nah, See, we that's just the taught thing. them a lesson. That's all. That's the and thing. they were it's NCOs. Like, remember, they were sergeants, yeah. and we were yeah, specialists. They were, yeah, yeah. We were E fours at that time. Yeah, and they but they were like, that's the thing. It's like we just handled the business, and like, okay, we fucked up. Because a lot of times, if they had a higher rank than you, they'd be like. Well, I'm a higher rank, and like we would be like, hey, you can't fuse your, you can't confuse your rank with the authority. Like we're MPs, and we know our job, mm-hmm. you know. And you just can't be like, oh, I'm a sergeant, or I'm a lieutenant, or I'm a captain, you know. And then they think they can fight you, and then like, oh, hell, breaks are, loose. And those are guys that were never on active duty before. Yeah, they never. Yeah, they're just like, oh, we do it this way. And like, no, like yeah. you're a fucking, you're an accountant back home. <laughs> like, and like you're, you're, what are you doing? Like, yeah. fuck. Like, never, like, the worst thing they had was, like, um, like a uh, paper cut from a stapler or some shit like that. Yeah. yeah. But I got to come visit you. So you yeah. got to come visit us here. So um, how's the family? Everything's good? Yeah, everybody's good, man. Thanks for yeah. asking. How's your family? They're, my daughters are going good. Yeah, everything's going great. Mom's okay. Nobody's gotten covid which yet, hopefully, but that's thank that. God, right? Yeah. How many dogs you got now? How many what? Dogs. Roof, roof, dogs. I got six dogs. Yeah, so I got four. So that's another thing. Joey and me, we love our animals. Mm-hmm. We we love our pets. I didn't know you had chickens unless you told me, and I just ignored you, dude. I had to get rid of one. I had a rooster. His name was Cogburn, and uh, <laughs> he used to just. At 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning. He didn't care. He was just... Aren't they supposed to do it at sunup? Supposed to, yeah, I guess. Well, maybe he had PTSD, too. You rooster yeah, maybe. Fucked, yeah. <laughs> Took on his dad's characteristics. Yeah. I got seven cats, too. Nice. Really? What yeah. the fuck? I yeah. Steve likes seven it. cats, six dogs, ten what chickens. Are you, what are you doing, running a farm there? Pretty much. What the fuck? Whose idea is this? Yours or your wife's? Who do you think, man? Uh, your wife's? Not me. Uh, it ain't me. Yeah. 
So do the chickens need like a male there to like impregnate nah. them or not? Nope. They lay eggs every day regardless. I'm oh, going to say yeah. the eggs aren't fertilized, Well, right? but don't you want to get some fertilized so you get, like more chickens are made? Nah, they cost like two bucks each, man. <laughs> oh, really? Where do you get them? Tractor supply. Really? Who knew? And then, and yep. then, uh, right, so you don't want any for food, like meat chickens? Aren't that? Nah, a, that's a these different... are just strictly for eggs. Yeah, but don't. Why not get some meat ones? Or you couldn't eat one that you become a friend with or something. I don't care. I'll, I'll <laughs> cut the damn thing's head off and throw it in the oven right now. <laughs> it's not me. It's the wife. <laughs> uh, Why? Well, she eats chicken, right? She's a she eats chicken, but these are her babies. You know. Not really. Do they like you guys? Like come up to you and hang out with you and like they love us, man. They hear our voices when we go out to the chicken coop. Yeah. And they come running, man. Oh, they're great. Like I said, they're my therapy animals. I have another friend that had chickens and literally the one night they come out to the chicken coop and uh all the chickens were dead from like a wolf or a coyote or something. Coyote or something. Oh, wow. I feel like coyote is a big uh, culprit yeah. of that. It's yeah. like in, in York County, like they just like 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 wings were lit, like legs just fucking torn the fuck apart. Somehow it got in the coop at night, and they like the whole yeah. like, the, their kids were pissed. Like they were, it was like devastating. So I feel that's not a unique story that I've heard that happened to a lot of people. No, but it's like telling me like people people who have these chickens, it's crazy. Like they yeah. really like them. So and it, like like you it's like Joey said, it's therapy for them. Yeah, it really is. How so? Do you think? I go out there, they come on and they're always happy to see me. They're, uh, you know, you give them their little mealworms and uh, food. They're just happy all the time. You know, you can't get a sad chicken. I don't think there's such a thing, man. Really? Yeah. I was going to ask, like, since you have so many dogs, do they play a role in helping protect the chickens or deter, like, coyotes and stuff like that? I know some people sometimes get dogs for that purpose. Yeah, pretty much. I, I haven't seen any coyotes around here, but we do have a lot of bear and uh, fox. Are there bobcats around there or no? I don't know. Is there bobcats? I think there's bobcats in that your area, right? Yeah, there's bobcats. There's even, uh, what do you call them, mountain lions, man. Somebody... Somebody spotted a mountain lion, mountain lion put the yeah. picture yeah. on the Pocono website. Any mooses? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no, I haven't seen a moose yet. I haven't yeah. seen a moose since Panama. Pan, yeah, Panama had a big moose. That's <laughs> <laughs> not a place I think of synonymous with moose. No, there was a that's an inside joke. That's another uh, that's another okay, story. Okay, that's an, gotcha, that's gotcha. an in person story, uh-huh. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a funny fucking story. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think about that that time. Oh my god, that was fucking hilarious. Yeah, that was funny. Were you with us on patrol though when we were walking down the, the the like literally we had the Humvee. We came over the bridge of the Americas and we were walking down the street like we were out we were outside of the fucking Humvee walking but the Humvee was still riding and like people were on the rooftops and they were throwing bricks. Like and they're like saying, "Go home, Yankee." Yeah. Do you remember that? I don't know. Yeah, if you you got to remember, there. it was only eight years after Operation Just Cause that we Just were Cause, there. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was because in '97 we were there. That was the transition from when the Panama Canal was being handed back over, or not back over, but over to the Panamanians. 
Right. So we're, we're, so they're helping with, control. we're helping with that. So literally I'm walking, we're walking, I'm in pan, like kind of when we were there, we kind of were in the countryside, like Arahan and oh. La Chorera, you know, and um, we're out like in different areas doing different things. And then, um, you know, uh, fucking in the city, like we're getting like bricks thrown from the fucking rooftops. Like, oh shit. Can we shoot these people? No, no, do you remember? Can't. Do you remember the name of that that one area where uh, Noriega was hiding? And yeah, we passed by there, and we actually yeah. drove through we it. Drove do you in. remember yeah, that? Yeah, Valley Escondido. That was his. That was his yeah. camp, David. Yeah, that we got a picture. I'll put. Well, right, right, I'll right. Give it to, yeah, that was me and you. We were. We we. Uh, yeah, Valley yeah. Escondido. It was called Hidden Valley. Yeah. Yeah. We. Yeah. That was a palace. Holy shit. Yeah. That was like yeah, that was like a big palatial estate in the middle of fucking nowhere and we're like, all right, let's fucking this is where Noriega was, but at that time obviously Noriega was locked up in Miami jail or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Well, I definitely want to have you back on like in you know, when you could come to York and hang out in person. I think they're just better stories and you know all right, brother. interact better. Sorry to take all your time up, but Thanks oh, for coming on pleasure. and sharing some <laughs> stories. And, you know, obviously uh, me and Joey encourage any veteran that's having problems with mental health or, you know, or thinking of suicide or, you know, reach out to a fellow veteran, reach out to, you know, we'll put a veteran's hotline number up. But, you know, just, just you have brothers that are willing to help you. If you're a homeless veteran, you know, there's in all areas, there's homeless veteran shelters and, different things that can, you know, yep. different entities that will help you out because that's, that's the veterans are a forgotten segment in America. And we're always too busy trying to help other countries and people on the world. And, you know, the reason that people in the press or, uh, or, or people can, you know, in this day and age protest are because of people like Joey that, you know, put their life on the line and at a great sacrifice to themselves and to their family. And all too often, you know, veterans aren't, you know, respected. You know, people want to pick apart every little thing. But Well, thank you, Bill. Same right back at you, man. You did the same thing I did. Well, you know, probably better, but whatever. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I wasn't. You know what? You know, before I go, you know what people say? is like, oh, you got this joint service commendation thing and you got the Southwest Asia service medal or you got this award or, oh, you get to wear a combat patch, you get all this stuff. And I always say, what's the best award you ever got? You know, what's the, you know what I always tell them, Joe? What? My best ever, like, award. It's not an award that the Army can give me. What did you tell? I lived. I didn't get killed. That's right. That's that's like I don't care what you could pin on me or you want to dispute this or that. It's like I fucking came home somewhat in one piece. Like I, I lived. Like that's an accomplishment because when you, you know, shit, you think you're dealing with like fellow soldiers from another country that you can trust. Like even like in a peacekeeping type of thing, like we're working with the Panamanians, dude's fucking drunk spinning a gun. You, you yeah. don't know, or you're in Iraq, and hey, one military police, the Iraqi military police is going to the American military police. Hey, come with us, and they set you up for an ambush. 
and you're fucking dead. It's like, fuck, who do I trust? You know? Yeah. Kind of like, and you know what? That happens in that happens in uh, in in uh, in the civilian world too, Joey. You know, you get ambushed by people I you know. don't think you do, and you don't know who to trust. So, yeah, it's a it's a shitty situation. But anyway, yeah, that's yep. going to be the end of this episode of the Thrillcast. So, if anyone has any questions for Joey or for me or for military stuff, I mean, again. You know, you could always reach out to us and uh, we'll answer. Joey will be back on. He's 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 good fucking friend and just an amazing person. Give you the shirt off his back, you know, and uh, just an awesome dude. So if, if you're in his area and you see him tending to his chickens, leave him the fuck alone. Right? <laughs> All right, man. Be good.